0: Mark, this isn't so good, but I think I think a little bit of mint would have really oh my elevated God. this drink. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. I can just imagine you at the back of the bus, like, just hammering away on, like, a bag of ice to make, like, crushed ice, like, mint juleps. Whiskey,
2: whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now when we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When
0: I say one to Welcome to The Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz.
1: Whenever, if you want another song.
0: welcome to episode 55 of the whiskey topic.
1: All right, Mark. So you're back, which is great because your tweets were so annoying. You and Claire <laughs> basically managed to get the entire state of Kentucky in on the joke of like, "Haha, let's like have way more fun uh, like without Jamie and like tell her all about it." So, no less than like 3 people were tweeting me. Like, distilleries distilleries, distilleries would be, yeah. be like hey today was awesome with mark bylock and and glenford and but oops no bourbon thing and i was like wait what the hell so i just like i like buzz back i was like um are you telling these people to say this and then you guys sent me that snapchat of you two laughing like idiots being like hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. and i was like the
0: best part is we did not we did not ask a single distillery to do that are you
1: kidding <laughs> It seemed like you had like been like it would be really great if you guys tweeted Jamie and just made her really jealous because if I am correct, Glenford did tell Dixon specifically to make me jealous. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the joke did start with Dixon. Um, The the, Dixon was definitely in on the joke, but um, uh, but like Dixon, of course, took it. Dixon from uh, Beaumontin, the the owner, and uh, there. Um, and he um, and he did he did take it, but I think then because every place we visited, just kind of checked out our Twitter feed, and because we were retweeting, they just joined in. We had that was it. We, Dixon was the only person we could talked to. Oh
1: my god! Everyone because else he knew just you. Trolling me. <laughs> Everybody Genuinely. else was
0: just trolling. <laughs>
1: Well, it looked like an awesome, t- and people were actually, like, I went to a, a tasting, a Glenfiddich tasting, which was amazing. They had, um...
0: Oh, sorry to miss that, yeah. Yeah, they had
1: actually deconstructed uh, the Solera, uh, so they gave oh. us the Solera, and then each one of the, the cask strength samples, and then cask strength Solera, which was amazing. Um yeah, it, it was unbelievable, but I, I met a bunch of our, you know, whiskey people in the community sort of there, and they're like, we're watching what's going on on Twitter. It's just awful. And I was just like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. But, like, really, like, tell them how awful they are. They're like, I can't believe that they would, like, do this to you. They're rubbing it in your face. I'm mean, just like, no, they're doing it because they love me. If they didn't if right. they didn't love me, they wouldn't be doing it, but it was, uh, it was fun to watch, and it was, I, I did feel like I was sort of part of the trip, in a way, which was which was nice, but you guys and, and you
0: wanted us. So you, you were like, you know, I want to know everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I wanted, yeah. I wanted uh, all the Snapchats and all the, and I got some hilarious Snapchats from you guys, and um, yeah, it was it was great. So, I mean, I guess you know, I was just going to say, like, Mark, you got back from that bachelor trip, and <laughs> tell us a little bit about <laughs> what you did. Um, I told you what it looked like from my end, but uh, it looked like a lot of fun. You got to visit some new places.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and then just before I to say that, I uh, really sad I missed that Glenfiddich uh, Solaris tasting. Yeah, so anytime uh-huh. you get an opportunity to deconstruct whiskey <laughs> is so great. And that's where they, you know, take different aspects of the blend that went into that whiskey so you can kind of see where the flavors come from. So if you ever see, have an opportunity to do that, do it. It's, it's really great. Um, uh, not many people do it. Glen, uh, Glenfiddich sometimes does it. Uh, Lot 40 sometimes does it Or the Wiser's brand um, There's not too many people That do it So take that opportunity um, Yeah the trip um, You know so it's funny I, You know we had really No intention of coming back To Kentucky um, Again And then uh, Glenn's friend uh, Had a bachelor party And I guess heard so much About Kentucky From us talking about it I uh, was like this is where I want to have my bachelor party um, Smart and, man. And Yeah I feel like uh, Tourism Kentucky Should be paying us Or something Because uh, yep. like damn Do we get uh, Do we But it's, it's such a great uh, State to visit um, it was fun. Glenn and I t- took a couple of days beforehand, so we could kind of just do a little bit of work and enjoy the trip. Uh, Glenn was my very expensive legal fo- my lawyer slash photographer. I'm glad I'm <laughs> glad I'm not paying him the uh, his law rate. <laughs> <But laughs> that expensive trip. Um, but he um, but he was uh, so we did a couple of days there and we got to explore. Uh, we had kind of a theme going. Uh, we
1: other than like make did- Jamie jealous. That seemed like kind of the theme. <laughs>
0: Oh, Jamie, we didn't send you half the stuff we 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 had planned. What? Uh, I know, I know. That's disappointing. We we were going to be like we we're going to like be next to the fireplace with a bottle of whiskey, just the two of us on the carpet, <laughs> but we just <laughs> fireplaces were hard to come by that were lit and we you know, we were oh. you know, but uh we were uh well, yeah, cuz we had um if you were following the trip on Snapchat, it was it was pretty funny, mm-hmm. but then we were also private Snapchatting, and it was great. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was it was hilarious. ha. So, <laughs> sorry, go on. It was actually fun. No. Um So what was your theme?
0: Uh, we, uh, so our theme was kind of small, medium and huge. Um where we did I'm talking about distilleries, Jamie, distilleries. I do not know where you I <laughs> Well,
1: you're on a bachelor party, like I don't know. <laughs> My face was just like, what? This is the kind of moment where like you wish that we recorded these seven times on video because <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I can't
0: wait to see where
1: this goes. Anyways, my apologies. Get that mind out of the gutter, Johnson.
0: Oh, that's so Get good. Get that
1: mind yeah. out of the gutter.
0: <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, I, could, I don't I think, think I can say like, much.
1: You're like, uh, I don't know uh, I like, where to go from here, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this very professional, James. It's a very professional podcast. We're uh, we're competing Sorry. with very professional news-focused podcasts. Sorry. You know, we can't be. uh <coughs> be very serious <laughs> here. No. Um, well, because I'm, I'm not going to talk about any of the uh, other stuff. Yeah, but know. Just the whiskey stuff. Whiskey, whiskey stuff. stuff. Okay. Everything else is in the circle, as you would say. I, I love it when you do yes. that. That's a great. It's uh, very
1: important. Anyway. Yes.
0: Keep it in the circle. Keep it in the circle. so the the the. We would visit distilleries that were um, small, medium, and large right so uh we had uh so with the guys with the group we did uh we did willet, which you know is small ish it's not that small um but it's it's basically you can stand in one spot and do a three sixty and see distillation fermentation you know like you could see everything happening mm-hmm. in kind of one spot, so that's smaller um as we mentioned before though um um you know, well is going to be off the craft whiskey trail. They've gotten they're big enough in volume that they no longer, um, according to the bourbon trail, uh, qualifies craft. Um, and then um, so medium was really Wild Turkey. I mean, mm-hmm. even though Wild Turkey is not small or really that medium, but uh, but Wild Turkey also had very like you know you can kind of see everything. It was a little more you know it was a little more of a reserved uh, location, and they're not quite set up as well as like somebody like Jim Beam, which mm-hmm. is like Massive. gigantic. Yeah. Um, massive, and they have very tourist interaction things. They have, you know, those those um, decanters, and they have, like, you know, they have just a lot in the tour. They have the dipping uh, where you can, like, f- watch your bottle get dipped and, and stuff like that. So, like, very much set up for a tour, right? So uh, we wanted to give them something that, you know, in every spot, they'll probably hear a lot of the same things um but then the size the volume and the kind of like where each distillery focuses their their attention on um was was different um yeah so that was that was fun um you know I, I, glenn kept laughing at me the entire time because glenn's like oh you're not used to being on these public tours are you mark oh <laughs> <'Cause>,
1: god
0: <laughs> cuz everything was very like yes
1: yeah, yeah you're a vip you're you normally I was like, a vip well,
0: at least normally, <laughs> someone, we talked about this. It's not so much the VIP. It's normally you're like, here's here's a tour guide, and it's just you and your group, and then you ask them a million questions. So like, oh, you're really interested in, you know, how this works. All right, let's take you there, and let's talk about this for an hour. That's right. um, and in some ways, you know, that's... You know, this, the tours take two or three hours and it's really great. But most of the stuff that I ask, nobody else cares about. Even actually some people in a group are just like, like friends are just like, ah, uh, we're going to go over there and play on our phones because right. we don't care about, you know, how bottles break or right. stuff like that. Um, So, so it was just very kind of like constructive, but it was also very quick. All the tours are 45 minutes. And I was like, oh. Glenn, these tours are only 45 minutes long. Yeah. And just stares at me. Yes, Mark. They're forty-five minutes long. That makes sense. That's a reasonable, a reasonable amount, of time. amount of time
1: to pay attention, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so we we did we did that. Um, While Turkey was really great, um, the um, you know Will it uh, you know Willett had uh, Will it is very super low operational on the tour side. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. they they don't they don't have a person there that's going to answer a lot of questions yeah. uh, for you. Wait. On kind of like mash bills and stuff. You
1: got to go on the turkey trolley.
0: Mm-hmm. You guys, did they call it
1: the turkey trolley?
0: Yes, they good. did. Okay, yes, good. they did. <laughs> um, but it was like you said, it was not a turkey, it's not an nor a trolley. Not a, turkey. Not a trolley yeah. either. No, yeah. it's a
1: bus. But and, I just love calling it the turkey trolley.
0: <laughs> and it's funny, it just takes you to like one spot, you walk around yeah. and it takes you to another spot and then you come back. Yeah. Um, which again, I'm like, we've only gone to two locations. What's going on? I usually, you know, yeah. go to three locations or four locations. Yeah,
1: no, the turkey trolley. I got a Snapchat, I think, from Glenn inside there. He was he, at the um, bottle shop there, um, the, the Rye, the Russell's mm. Rye. Did you guys procure a bottle?
0: Oh, it's what I'm drinking right oh, now. you
1: son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did you miss me?
0: I, oh, I miss you, Jamie. We we, we were very much missing you. I, I was not joking. You were top of a conversation because first people I was with listened to the podcast on the way down, yeah. so they they were like, and so then and then of course Glenn and I were like, oh, Jamie would da da da, and Aww. then everybody would laugh. So uh,
1: oh yeah, you'd all laugh at my expense. Thank you. I have no <laughs> doubt. Always. always. <laughs> I have no doubt. Uh, so you're uh. drinking this Russell's uh, rye that came out, I guess, shortly after we left kentucky last time so end of last year yeah yeah and you got your hands on some was it plentiful there was there lots of it did you see it in the liquor stores there what's this what's the status
0: um russell's was at the liquor store and it was at the distillery excellent um a lot of other bourbons were not. Hmm. Um, Russell's is – so it's actually interesting. We talked a couple of podcasts ago about uh, bottle shock and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. When you first bottle something, the flavor changes. The rye definitely doesn't taste the same it did when we had it. Because when we had it, it was literally just kind of came off the bottling line. It yes. was like, here's Russell's. It's brand new. It's going to be in stores in a couple of weeks. da 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 And I I'd have to check my notes. But I remember having like, this really kind of weird flavor I just wasn't used to. I'm like, oh, this doesn't even – like tastes Mm -hmm. like it tastes like a rye Mm -hmm. it definitely is a rye but it just like to me it was like oh they use a completely different rye grain i think they do anyway but it's uh anyway it's it's delicious uh it's it's that that weird kind of component of it that i had the first time is not in is not in this okay um so and, and not in any way bad or good it's just in both cases they were delicious i think the mm-hmm. overall structure of the rye is really great um you know that that compromise it's actually really kind of light on the on the start on the on the start it's that's it's just a great wild turkey product i mean yeah. it's what they do best
1: yeah love wild turkey i'm drinking four roses small batch nice Nice, nice, it's nice. fine it's fine did you go to four roses when you were there no, you, no have you yeah. ever been to four roses mark
0: uh yeah, I did uh w- once. But w- I, I just basically we uh, Glenn and I were like, "Oh, here's for Rosa. let's just drop by uh, last time we were there." And uh we went in and I think I bought like the $5 tour and I realized, "Oh, this is like not something I like. I'm just going to stick around for the drinking at the end part." You're so-, so
1: funny. Of course you did. Of course.
0: Uh, yeah. cuz it was like a 30-minute tour. I'm just like, "Okay, it's that's, that's I, I get it. Mash bills, get it." Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. It was. It's um, one of the ones that you have to sit through the video, um, oh God, and there's a like couple. When you do the regular Buffalo Trace tour, you also have to do the video. I don't mind the videos because you get a little bit of history as well, and like I'm a sucker for a presentation. But um, yeah, the Four Roses tour, like we didn't go into the Rick House or anything, um, and yeah, it was pretty pretty basic. So.
0: Yeah, that's the impression I got because I asked a couple of questions. They're like this, this. I'm like, okay, I'm just. And Glenn was running late because he was a, on a conference call, so I was just like, ah, yeah. screw it. I'm just gonna s- sit around here, answer some emails, and um, drink. yeah, okay, and drink. Excellent. Yeah. So that was great. Russell's is awesome. Um, Kentucky in general is definitely continues to not have whiskey. Um, oh. I did not find any she- any Taylor on the um, on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, now I did find, and we did procure um, um, Pikesville rye, which okay. we've heard so much about from everybody. Yep. Like it's like it's like everybody's top, two, like second best rye. It seems mm-hmm. like right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, so we've got that. I don't. I don't have an impression on it yet. Um, just uh, just bought the bottle and had a quick taste of it on the way back. I we had uh, like eleven bottles of whiskey. Oh boy, um, this sounds like a familiar got, story yeah we got you know we got stopped i mean you always expect to get stopped, yeah. right so you're always honest at the border like this is what i've got and they they stop you um this time they searched the car which was new they didn't search you the last time and it was fine you know and we yeah. basically they're like you claimed 11 bottles i would just want to make sure you've got 11 in here mm-hmm. um uh tax wise though we paid a little bit more than i expected because you know i mean dummy me right i was like i bought a 50 dollar bourbon i assumed to be paying tax on 50 bucks but it's like well, first you got exchanged that to Canadian dollars. Then you pay taxes on top of that. Ouch! Um, and the guy the guy behind the counter had no idea how to do any of this. He's like, he's like, you pay, because like, I was like, my $80 bottle is the exemption. He's like, $80. Like He's like, and that's for like a three liter bottle. I'm like, no, no, just 750 milliliters. He just stared at me like, he didn't know whiskey cost that much money. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> but doesn't he have like a little computer thing that they just put in all the numbers and it calculates it for them?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, numbers are hard for some people. Numbers right? are hard for me. Like,
1: I, I'm, I'm not great at numbers, but I can. But if you
0: had a computer screen that had like, enter a number here, you'd be like, okay, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But it was okay. I mean, it was just, um, it was just the process that's always painful. Um, that wasn't very fun, but. You know, other, so we brought back a bunch, bunch of whiskey. Um and you know I kind of, you know, I I brought back like the Russell's 10, 6, the Pikesville. Yeah. Um Elmer Telle's same place. Remember like last yep. time I was down there, Glenn and I dro- like I drove actually, I think I don't know think Glenn was even with me. Like half an hour sped across cuz the lady at this that. little liquor store is like, "I'll put it down for a minute, but you best get here soon." Yep. Um, that we just walked in and there was two bottles of Elmer. So I grabbed it, but it's so expensive now.
1: It's, that's crazy. You told me how much it cost, and I was like, yeah. wait, what? And then $80. like, yeah. And then with like exchange and taxes, like you paid a pretty penny for those bottles. No joke.
0: Yeah. So the bottle, like, I'm just like, okay, I love Elmer, but. One hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah, that's a
1: bit much. It's a bit much. I love it too. I love it too, and it's it's. But the thing is, is it's it's not supposed to be that much. Like the, right. you know, the the purpose of it is that it's you know, and it was it's not meant to be an eighty dollar bottle. When we had it at the LCBO, we were paying fifty four dollars, I think, for it. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's supposed to be a well priced, like well made bourbon. And it's, it's, it's almost supposed to be like a bit of a secret, right? Like so many people in the whiskey community know of it, but if you ever said to anyone, go get some Elmer T. Lee, they'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, exactly. So it's, yeah, I feel like people would, like maybe Elmer himself would be a little disappointed and he'd be like, well, that's not, that's a bit much for, you know, like I, I didn't mean for it to be that much, but I guess, you know, you can't really do anything about it at this point.
0: Yeah, and and to be fair, this you know isn't you know anything against Buffalo Trace. That makes Elmer. They they sell it for the same price. They've always been very mm-hmm. very forward saying you know we we haven't or we've barely increased prices on any of our products. It's just yeah. the demand is there. Yeah. Um. So last year we bought it for it wasn't even last year. It was like six months ago. Yeah. And we were willing to pay fifty dollars for it. So this year they're like, well, why are you going to pay eighty dollars for right. it? And sure enough, we walked in, we bought the two bottles, which is probably why they were still hanging around. Mm-hmm. To be fair, mm-hmm. um. Having absolutely no opportunity to buy Elmer in Canada, your first thing to is like, I don't care what this costs, I'm just going to buy it now. Yeah. Um, but then realizing the whole total cost of ownership, I'm like, this might actually be about all I'll just kind of keep around for a little while. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I might not open it up for a little while just because just it just seems like it's, like it said, it's too expensive. I agree with you. It's, it seems against the.
1: Yeah against yeah.
0: the true intention of of Elmer yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: it's supposed to be a nice bourbon. Like it's not it's definitely not a rail bourbon. It's definitely it's definitely not sort of the their entry level, um but it's also like not b So yeah. Yeah. Ooh.
0: Yeah, um the um the bourbon so in getting an idea of happy prices um we one bar we went to that was kind of like a garage bar. Which, yeah, it's um, you know it's more of a bar bar. Um, they uh, like cocktail beer heavy bar. Um, they were charging a hundred bucks for twenty three pappy. But then we went to the Bourbon Bistro, which is more of a whiskey bar, and then there it was hundred and fifty bucks. Mm. Um, and last year, last like again six months ago, mm-hmm. it was definitely a hundred dollars. So even those pours of pappy are. are Escalating in price wow. um, But I mean it was, the trip really started So with the guys um, And we'll talk about what Glenn and I did uh, a little later on But with the guys we started at uh, Beaumont Inn Which we've talked about many times mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with,
1: I'm surprised you guys didn't get a picture Dixon, of the Deadman. three of you Like you and Glenn and Dixon and Send. I'm so surprised I was like it's weird I feel like they would take that picture and, and taunt me I- with it
0: you know, we had every intention. Um, the whiskey tasting went late ah. and then the next day I was like, okay, you know, uh, you know, we Dixon, you need to get a photo, but only Glenn was around and mm-hmm. everybody was still kind of getting their stuff together. Mm-hmm. And Glenn and I's plan with every distillery was like, okay, there's three cars. There's, we're just going to go ahead and be like, Hey, we're here. Right. Um, because the guys, you know, it's larger groups yep. are always kind of hard to manage, yep. um, and and of course the one time and uh, the one time we didn't make it to the distillery on time and may, everybody else made it ahead of us, the time that Glenn got a speeding ticket. Oh shh. <laughs> sh- yeah, it, we were just you know we were we were booming down, mm-hmm. um, you know, a little over the limit, a
1: little. Oh my gosh! Uh, Listen, too- <laughs> you know, you know, I'll tell you right now, they do not joke around with speeding in the United States of America.
0: No, n- no, the pl- No joke.
1: Those highway patrol, they'll get you, they'll nail ya.
0: And the worst part is, we got nailed with the cop with going the other way. So it was just like, is this a tr- It was a truck. Like, it wasn't a very familiar. Yeah, you know, normally like why, but it wasn't a very familiar. Mm-hmm. And the lights went on, and Glenn did the right thing. He just like pulled over. He's like, there's no question. This is for me. So we just like pulled over to the side and waited for the cop to get there. And of course, the, the our, our buddies are behind, and all they see is the, the yep. police officer, and they see a BMW, and they're like, oh, I hope that's not Mark's car. And sure enough, it, it was. was. Um, they, uh, and the guy comes up, he's like, I caught you going 75. And, you know, Glenn's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yes, you did. Um, it wasn't that bad of a ticket. I could see why there's a lot of speeding in Kentucky. Oh like it's not gosh. a, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. I mean, here it would be, you know, a three, $400 ticket. Yeah. And it's like, it was like half as okay, that. Good. So good.
1: Good. Um, um, sorry, I interrupted your story. So you started the Beaumont.
0: Yeah, so we started at the Beaumont, and it uh, was really great. So we did, we did, we got, everybody got there. We started with the tasting. Uh, Dixon Deadman, um, you know, a James Beard Award winner, makes the Kentucky Owl bourbon. Uh, loves his weeded bourbons, right? So he loves that weeded bourbon, and for the same reasons, you know, we talked about it in the show, where um, he's all about that kind of spice flavor, but he wants that from the oak, not from the rye. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of uh, something like a bullet, that kind of spiciness, that pepperiness comes from the rye. Um, And, and, you know, and and as he he described it, he's like, that peppery is usually towards the back of the tongue, Mm -hmm. towards the the finish. Um, Whereas if it comes from the oak, Mm -hmm. it's usually towards the front, Uh, which is great. Actually, that's something that I've always described. I'm like, well, there's two types of peppery, depending whether it comes from the oak or or the spice. And just kind of describing it as a form of location on the tongue Mm -hmm. uh, was a really great way to do it. Um, and you know, but uh, the, the star of the show was the, um, was the old granddad that mm-hmm. he poured from, it, it wasn't like, it was only aged for like eight or 10 years. It was sold in 1988. It was a $10 drink. Um, apparently it's now three or $400 in the aftermarket. Wow. Uh, and, and, you know, he didn't, I mean, it didn't even taste like, it didn't taste like a bourbon. It tasted like something that was finished. Uh, really like a... I, I thought it tasted like uh, something else because, you know, of course, I was last. I'm like, I don't know. This tastes like it's finished with like – but I, I wasn't going for the usual. I was like, I don't know, like cognac or something else, like something lightly finished because it had like a little bit of funkiness to it and just that hmm. weirdness to it that I couldn't identify. And then, no, nope, it was 10-year-old aged, uh, bald and bond or 50% proof, mm-hmm. um, uh,
1: old granddad. Old granddad.
0: $10 original price. Wow.
1: Wow. Um,
0: yeah, I, um, it was the, you know, um, the group had a lot of questions for Dixon. It was their first kind of experience in Kentucky. Um, and I kept smelling this one, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, and tasting it. I'm like, I, I, don't, I just have no idea what this is. Right. And it was like a 45 minutes of torture before, like, we finally started the tasting. Because oh, the whole gosh. time, I'm like, I don't know what this is. I need to know what this is now. That's so
1: <laughs> funny. So funny. Mystery poor.
0: It's great. It's um, you know, and then of course, so the tasting went really well. Um, group had a lot of a lot of great questions. Uh, you know, we we did the uh, Dixon has his own four bottle OESK single bottling, a uh, single barrel bottling. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we got a taste of that and some Willet and uh, and actually it's interesting. We got the Willet, the twenty two year old uh, weeded bourbon Willet, which is the same barrel uh, sample or same barrel selection as uh, Glenn's 23 awesome so we got to taste it like a year before wicked yeah that's awesome yeah. that's very cool yeah it was it was great uh, and um, so that was that and then we we enjoyed the four dollars we had four dollar bookers four dollar
1: uh, awesome
0: uh angels envy four dollar like all these And <laughs> just like how do they sell these whiskeys for four dollars at the bar yeah I know. Well, Dixon does it right. He, his $4 menu has like $4 whiskeys and then like $12 whiskeys. And if not, you know your whiskey, you know what to order. And if you don't, it doesn't exactly. matter. You're, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sad. I need to get there. And then uh, yeah. our buddy uh, Matt Jones is there right now taking a a group down so i get to see more people in kentucky that aren't me hooray
0: yeah i was gonna say it's it's also people we know or or either well or by acquaintance so uh (laughs) it's
1: all over (laughs) my social media yep all over it's great no i'm happy that everyone's having a great time (laughs) (laughs) no i am i actually am um, but oh, I'm curious uh, to hear sort of what happened at Heartfield uh, & Co. Because they actually are longtime listeners. Hey, guys. Yeah.
0: Heartfield & Co. is, is awesome. Um, the It's funny. Uh, we They're actually sending you samples. Like, they're sending us samples. Yeah. Um, they reached out to us a couple of weeks ago. And they're like, can we send you samples? And then we're coming down. And... I didn't really kind of put I wasn't sure where they were located and and Fred was posting like these are like the Fred Minnick uh uh whiskey author as well. He posted he's like here's the places like craft distilleries that you should uh visit. Mm-hmm. And I had planned to visit but I that kind of renewed my oh yeah, I should right. you know. And also the distillery name has changed and everything else. Um so um yeah, um they're in Paris, Kentucky. That's the location. Mm-hmm. Um small little town. Um it's like being it's being revived right now, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a couple locations that are kinda just, you know, uh closed down and everything else. Um and they basically are located in what you would term like a storefront. It's just, you know, not not too broad. Um and you, you walk in, there's kind of a bar and a little store, but the distillation and everything uh, fermentations happens behind. It's a small distillery, so fermentations and then these kind of plastic barrels that look like, uh, you know, they, look, mm-hmm. they're, they just look like something odd. There's just plastic barrels. They, and they have a couple of stills. And then they do all their aging on the second floor. They have, like, this, you know, homemade lift to lift these barrels up. Um, and they use five-gallon barrels. So uh, we're going to have an interview. I, I did a short interview mm-hmm. with them. Uh, we're going to, you know, let, let you guys listen to that. Um, the, the cool thing here is they, they really are... Uh, first of all, their products are really great. I got to taste uh, some of their products that are coming up, and and and, and uh, that their white dog, and then what they're selling, um, and really like nicely done. They have a higher uh, mal- a higher malted uh, barley range, so they've got a little bit more nuttiness, um, and they use the five gallon um, barrels. So they they seem to have figured out the formula of what works well in, in that, and with those sizes, because the five gallon right. uh, five gallon uh, barrels are kind of controversial
1: they are yes uh
0: some people say you can't get the flavor out of them uh it's rapid maturation so surface area to whiskey sure it's going to mature quickly so you don't need to age it for as long but the feeling is not a lot of the other things that happen during maturation happens in that five gallon barrel
1: right right
0: um so um you'll you'll hear in the interview i was kind of like questioning like well what is your secret because this is really good like i'm really enjoying what you're having this isn't what I'm used to drinking if it's only been aged for three months in a small uh, barrel and um, and kind of what what they do and how they do things a little differently, I thought was really great. Um, really small, I mean, very small operation. Um, probably about, you know, a little bit bigger than like Toronto Distillery Co. Or or okay. uh, that in, in Toronto. Um, but, um, you know, but the best thing is the laws changed in Kentucky. And I was like, well, how do these laws affect you? And the best mm-hmm. part is, uh, a, they're moving to a larger location already, so they're wow. doing great. Like they, like Harfield's basically said, they've sold out of their products. Wherever it goes, they sell out, um, and they just can't keep up with demand. Uh, they're moving into a larger location, and um, they're going to be able to do a bar now. That's so it'll be a bar, awesome. cocktail bar. They can serve more samples, and it's in a little town, so like it's you know it, it's it can definitely become that local hangout. The, just to help in the economy and the tourism is amazing.
1: Awesome, that's fantastic! Wow, yeah, nice.
0: yeah, so happy for them. I was like, this is so great! Like this is ideal.
1: That's um, wicked, and um, yeah. it's nice that they listen, and we'll give them a shout out anytime because they were they were um, nice enough to sort of uh, be in touch with us and and tell us that they enjoyed listening. So. Thanks, guys. I wish I, I could meet you, but next time we'll go hang out. Next time yeah. we're there.
0: Yeah, it's um, Andrew uh, Andrew uh, Buchanan was the is the owner there, and one of uh, one of his uh, employees is a listener. Um, I just, I it just thought was really great. Like that's uh, like what a great. Uh, what we, Such a great know, compliment. A great to do.
1: Yeah, so nice. Yeah, awesome.
0: Awesome. So, sorry. I unlike some people that have told us, if some people do learn things from our podcast, Jamie. <laughs> oh boy.
1: Other than the fact that I sometimes eat food off my kitchen floor when I drop it. That's
0: <laughs> oh, did you not want me to include that in the uh, last intro? I don't. I, was, I know. I wasn't than sure, that, Mark.
1: I know. <laughs> I'm quite aware that most of the stuff that I end up like saying that I don't want, it just ends up like right before, like whiskey, whiskey. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, if I didn't want it out there, it's, it's going to get out there. And I don't even I know just... what you're collecting for the blooper reel.
0: <laughs> right. Because then I always just like, oh, cut this out, put it in this folder here. Or, oh boy.
1: There we go. Uh, so like, let's listen to that uh, uh, interview you did.
0: Yeah, let's put that on right now. Okay. Alright, so I'm here with uh, Andrew Buchanan uh, from the Hartfield & Co. Distillery, located in Paris? Paris, Kentucky. Paris, Kentucky. Um, beautiful spot. Uh, you man. You're doing very well. Thank you. In the yeah. distillery. Yeah. Um, you're, actually, this is going to be... You're not going to be here much longer. This, this is a very no, small no, space. No. This is
3: basically a storefront
0: yeah. uh, with distillation in the back, and then the whole upstairs is mm-hmm. pretty much bottling and storage. Yeah, it
3: gave us a chance to get started and kind of get our feet wet in the distilling world since it is illegal to do it at home yeah um that's right we wouldn't want to do that absolutely right uh and i I didn't do that um not at all no uh so yeah it gave us a chance to kind of get a brand established and really kind of a feel to what we wanted to do
0: and so you haven't always been known as harfield and co no (laughs) Um, so apparently the, the, the big guys were trying to push you down is what I, what and that is not even the big
3: guys. The first name that we went through, uh, got stolen from us right after we were going through the planning and zoning process. Uh, the guy turned around and tried to sell it to us for $10,000. That
0: was by a local Parasonian.
3: Yep. Yep. Um, not a very nice guy. turns out. Yeah. Um, so we went with the gentleman, uh, for almost a year, which we had to change for, due to a cease and desist letter from a very large corporation.
0: Which you can't reveal, um, of course. Right. Yep.
3: Yep. I always say that I can tell you who it wasn't. <laughs> right. I so, cannot tell you who it was. <laughs> so you know it's either Sazerac or, uh,
0: or Jack Daniels. And Absolutely. It's one of those two. One of those uh, two. They both have a gentleman in, in, yeah. in the whiskey brands. Yeah. Um, but sales have been going very well. They
3: have. Yeah, um, we can't
0: keep stuff on the shelf right now. So uh, do you have anything right now at the store that you're selling? Or, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so well, we,
3: yeah, I mean it's hard to find, yeah. but I mean we are shipping uh, really all of our products out right now. Even, even down into Georgia, we just sent a, a full pallet of everything that we have.
0: Yeah. Um, down south. And everything's being aged in these five-gallon... Yeah, little guys. Uh, little guys. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about the challenges of using the smaller sure. barrel.
3: I, you know, I read a lot about, um, you know, the studies that kind of came out a few years ago that were just, you know, kind of said five-gallon small-format barrels just don't work. And mm-hmm. so we we kind of engineered everything we do here um, with the goal of kind of packing in flavor into these barrels from, from the get-go, from the white whiskey forward so we knew I mean we knew what we were going into at first yeah so design the whole process start to finish so I mean that's that's you know kind of the increase with the mash bill mm-hmm. um, doing the, the grain out fermentation process uh, even with the distillation the way we treat it um, everything is geared toward the idea of smaller format
0: so you're saying that you understand there's challenges in the smaller format, but you've Absolutely. geared and adjusted everything to get the optimum flavor yep. from that. Absolutely. Um, excellent. Um, for the whiskey geeks out there, they're going to want to know char levels, <laughs> yep. mash bills, yep. sure. age of time Absolutely. in the barrels, yep. uh, what kind of E-strings are you using, what temperature sure. do you take things off, the yep. cell, for fermentation process, how long? Absolutely. Answer half of those questions. Okay. So
3: yeah, mash bill is the easiest, obviously. Yeah. Um, that gets us at uh, 19% rye, 19% barley, 62% corn. Mm-hmm. That's where everything starts. Uh, fermentation for us is, again, is that grain out fermentation process. So we're, we're, we're treating the grain a whole lot gentler than just like pulverizing it and cooking it. Right? I mean, we're, we're really just getting what we need from the grain. Everything goes away. And we ferment only on that distillation we're talking about treating it a lot more like brandy yeah so we are um, kind of doing batch distillation um, somewhere in the 115 to 120 range mm-hmm. so we can kind of pack in the flavors there um, everything that, that we then distill goes into the barrel so we're not cutting anything in flavor right. we're not losing any flavor that we wanted to put in there um, so everything we distill goes into the barrels now Age um, depends on the mash pill, but we're talking about usually three and a half months. It's gone a little bit longer through the winter, Mm -hmm. um, but through the summer we kind of anticipate that to get a little bit shorter than three and a half actually. So three and a half is about what we say. I don't know if you can um. say this. maybe copyright, but it's H to flavor is What you're yeah, saying? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah. <laughs> copyright. Need you another know lawsuit now. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least I Thanks said that Thanks for that. That that's great. Now the um, so it's like a fermentation process, like Scotland. Yep. And this, I only know
3: that because he told me earlier. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 that's fine. Um, yeah. And then the uh, it's a bit like making two- beer too. I mean, you sure. know, thinking thinking about you know treating it like you do. Beer, beer, you put a whole lot of flavor into. Yeah, Scotch, you want those sort of flavors from the barley coming in. Yeah, and you have a lot of barley.
0: We do. So tell, tell yep. us what this brings out in the sure. whiskey.
3: Yeah, so we wanted to kind of impart that um, smoky, sort of deep tobacco-type notes that a lot of Scotches have. So, you know, when you talk about sort of the space side Scotch, talk about the you know, McAllens, the Balvinies of the world, right? Yeah. Um, that feel we wanted to kind of combine that with um, what bourbon is, you know, that spiciness of the rye, sort of the full-bodied kind of um, smacky-in-the-face flavor profile, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like we wanted to sort of pull all that in, um, combine it and make something unique. I don't, I don't feel like there's any point in going into a marketplace mm-hmm. doing the same thing everybody else is right. doing. Not and sure. so, you mean, kind of creating our own... Our own thing, our own flavor profile, everything. That's that's what we're about. Excellent. And
0: you, um, even with uh, a short uh, maturation period, mm-hmm. even with uh, the smaller barrels, you're still seeing a lot of variation from the So you're blending yeah. everything for yep. flavor. Yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned sometimes you get a special barrel, you're Absolutely. like, yes, yeah. you got to just bottle this on its
3: This own. one was amazing by itself, yeah. It's got to be an exciting yeah. part of your job. It's a really, you know, yeah. you stumble on those things that happen. Yeah. We always call them happy accidents, but, you know, that kind of just thing that naturally occurs. You know, we try to keep everything as consistent as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, within sort of the confounds of a small distillery, that that kind of, is difficult sometimes, yeah. but keeping it as, as consistent as possible until it actually hits the wood. Yeah. That's, um, and, and then kind of let the barrels, you know, add the character that it will. Yeah. And different parts of the tree is going to add different parts of the flavor profile. And so that's okay. You know, yeah. having, um, sort of embracing the inconsistency of small batch yeah. is fine with us.
0: So it's interesting because a lot of, um, uh, you know, tasting uh, whiskey from smaller growers, uh, you sometimes get into the situation where they, um, the alcohol itself is just harsh and unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what do you think you do differently that gives kind of mellows out that flavor? <laughs> I mean, I know this isn't a mellow drink. This isn't
3: <laughs> no, a no, I mean, level. But, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm laughing because it's kind of everything we do. I mean, yeah, everything, yeah. everything is geared to kind of get away from that idea. I mean, you know, if, if you're going into... A five gallon barrel with a traditional mash bill distilled the same way fermented the same way it falls apart in the in the smaller format
1: yeah
3: it really does like it just doesn't it doesn't do what you what you need it to do yeah um so it's it's sort of the distillation method uh the mash bill even i mean you're talking a whole lot more flavor grains yeah um in there fermentation all of it is geared toward um not having white whiskey that tastes bad, right. you know, like right. that's we we get our eyes, uh, you know. I, I set a bottle of uh, white whiskey down in front of a liquor store owner, and they kind of roll their eyes because, you know, every everybody has tried their um, their hand at white whiskey, yeah, and it did not get any yeah. uh, response at all because it was all bad. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't jump no, to that I conclusion, but, like, but you get the idea. Right, I mean, absolutely. when you're distilling it 160 and proofing it down to 80, yeah. There's yeah. not going to be a lot of flavor there, but there's going to be a lot of burn. I, that,
0: that's just going to keep opening up, I can tell, as all those whiskeys. Because yeah. it's quite on the nose. It's got so much flavor and sure. body and depth. Um, it's just going to keep opening up. I'm looking forward to having that in like 10, 10 more minutes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really great. Where is your product? So your product's available in Kentucky and kind of surrounding states, correct?
3: Well, actually, no. So just in Kentucky at yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we just started shipping stuff down to Georgia three or four weeks ago. Um, and it's just one pallet at the moment. So Nice. Yeah, yeah, those two places. We talked a minute ago about Ontario. Yeah, that's the other place that we're um, sort of. I've got an order. I need to fill it. Yeah, um, that's sort of the next projected place. Um, but really, those three. I mean, this small uh, of a distillery, we can't support many, uh, many different states at all. Um, I think you
0: know, if people are visiting Kentucky, which you know, we've, you can just see that the tourism here has just exploded in the last you know five to eight yeah. years. Um, you're located about 45 minutes outside of lexington mm-hmm. um about about, i was gonna say 45 minutes outside of buffalo trace yeah i mean uh, so
3: we're, we're only about 15 minutes from lexington here right sorry 15 yeah, minutes from lexington yeah. uh
0: 45 minutes from buffalo trace yep. uh we just came from there sure. uh, from, from frankfurt anyway yeah uh great drive uh That's great beautiful drive. um great place to visit uh lovely coffee just down the street yeah here. uh thanks for introducing that absolutely to us. um look, great to have you on the show oh, thanks Thank man. So much. thanks Cheers. for having me all right cool yeah, so there you go. I thought that was a really cool interview. Um, you know, uh, it just Andrew's a great guy. He can just kind of get his passion behind it. And, um, you know, this is now what he's doing. So this is a passion project um, that turned into a full-time gig and, and a great place in the market for this. Um, you know, Kentucky's tourism is really strong. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, all thanks to Bourbon. Uh, and um, the fact that, you know, we We hope for these changes in Ontario as well, where they'll be, where people will create be able to create wealth, because things like this bring money into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, when we go to the u s and when we go to Kentucky, we're taking money that's from Canada that's been earned in Canada, mm-hmm. and we're bringing it into the u s mm-hmm. and that makes the economy better. Um so and you know, and of course, the big distillers are doing a great job. But it's nice to see uh, the smaller guys doing it as well. Um, so the other distillery Glenn and I visited um, was the new Rift distillery. Are the rather New Rift Distillers, and um, they're located in Newport, which is just um, south on Cincinnati. It's like basically, I think, across the river. Okay. I don't yeah. Know. Cool. My American geography uh, is not the best, <laughs> um, but they are. They're a little different. So they're a new distillery, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. But they are not what I would say a low budget distillery. Okay. Um, the story there, and I don't think this, they get into, we get into this on the tape, but the story there is, um, as somebody owned a chain of liquor stores, um, in Kentucky, um, they decided they want to open up distilleries. So when on one of the properties, you know, in, in w- using the large parking lot that they had, they built a distillery on that property, but you can't both own a distillery and sell whiskey. So okay. he sold the... Uh, liquor stores to his employees there's some sort of share employee purchase thing um and then he you know took ownership of the distillery uh before once it started running um and it's uh it's very good it's it's a beautiful place like if you were to build a distillery with like a lot of resources this is what you would build cool. um certainly not as big as like the big big guys in uh, on the bourbon trail but uh beautiful the, the still is gorgeous and you know copper and huge and it's got um and it's it's in a um in a glass container so you can kind of see it from the outside like two walls of it are are open and sorry of glass behind glass um so you can see it from the outside like walk up to this noise sees the still um and they are they're very good they uh they're um it's Currently, the the product development is um, is a former uh, former whiskey writer. He is a former whiskey advocate writer.
1: And you did you get to do sampling there too? Did you get to do the new make? Is that where I saw? Yeah. yeah. So I got to do the new Sorry, make. Sorry, the, the White Dog.
0: Yeah, no, a New Make's great name. Yeah. I like, I like, I like New Make better anyway. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're New Make so their New Make is good. Um, it's really hard to tell. Like their New Make is yeah. follows a very kind of MGP rye formula, so it's kind of tastes familiar. It's not like outrageous in any way, um, but they're doing a hundred percent malted rye New Make, which they're not selling yet, but they think they might sell it at some point. It was damn good. It was okay. I, I was blown yep. over by the the difference wow. in uh, flavor that they got from that, Um and you know it, it tasted a, aged a little bit, but it didn't. You know it was kind of I like the new make better because the aging hasn't quite you know it didn't quite capture the the whiskey yet. Cool, but so good, Um, so good. And so right now they sell some new make, and they're they're the ones behind the OKI bottling line. Yeah, um, I see that yeah, it's kind of purchased by MGP and, um, you know, MGP products. I'm like, oh, you know, I asked them, I'm like, do you guys do this because you, you know, are trying to generate money from the distillery? And um, they're like, no, we're doing this to kind of set a standard. Like, this is what kind of whiskey we want to make.
1: Awesome. And I see on their website, they're doing a lot of, like, events and stuff like that. They do weddings and they have, like, tastings and they have live music and some fun looking stuff here so that's awesome
0: yeah they um their they're, their event spaces are great they've got a couple of them big you've got like what the, the larger one has like a balcony you know, like a large uh, that look overlooks the city like it, you know they this is like i have unlimited resources or i mean i shouldn't say unlimited but i have a lot of money mm-hmm. what should i make Right. um and just a great blueprint um uh, Jay Erisman is the uh, is the vice president vice president of strategic development. Um, uh, he is uh, former writer for Whiskey Advocate. Um, you know, definitely knows his whiskey kind of from the writer's perspective, like kind of the feels the pain points. Um, I think that's why they're going for a very open. You know, they're so open about it. Like OKI that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, is distilled at MGP. They're very clear about it on the bottle. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know, they're not hiding anything. They don't hide mash bills. They um, you know, uh, Jay Erisman is um, is definitely kind of their blender, but got it. Um, he prefers to call some call some strategic development because he's like, look, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been doing this long enough to be a master blender. I'm not, you know, going to use that title, right? Um, so uh, very kind of very humble in the in his roots and and uh, what he does. Um, but certainly, you know, you can just tell that that palette is there, and the direction and, and understanding of the market is great. So it seems like a very good team effort there.
1: Awesome. And you, did you do a little interview with them as well?
0: I did indeed. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're to gonna it. put up that next. All right, let's do awesome. that. And hey, we are here at Newport uh, at the New Riff Distilling Warehouse, and I'm here with Jay Erisman.
2: Um You are. Tell me what you do for the for the distillery here. Thanks, Mark. Well, um, we all wear a lot of hats at New Riff. Uh, I wear a lot of hats. Some people wear more hats than me. I'm, uh, some of my hats are uh, the, the, third, uh, the third string truck driver. Mm-hmm. I am the fourth assistant barrel roller. All I right. roll some of these barrels. Uh, I'm the strategic, uh, strategic development vice president, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I'm involved with some of our, our uh, uh, corporate or, 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 or uh, contract business and things like that. Um, I'm the, the, the blender. I pick out barrels and we blend them together. I'm, I'm probably the whiskey man. Mm-hmm. I'm charged with making sure we make good whiskey from the very beginning to the very end of the process.
0: Now, you and I have something in common. You, in your previous life, used to be a whiskey writer.
2: That's right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a writer. I'm an English major. Yeah. I didn't train for this. I, I learned it along the way, I guess. Uh, I used to write for uh, whiskey advocate, uh, malt advocate when it was named that and uh, various other uh, whiskey-related outlets.
0: And uh, what, what whiskies do you make here?
2: We make uh, New Riff Bourbon and New Riff Rye and a host of other whiskies. Uh, today we just call them New Riff Bourbon and New Riff Rye. Exactly what they will be called, we, we don't know, but for right now we just call it the Bourbon and the Rye. Uh, we make uh, Bourbon and Rye, we make a malted rye that we mm-hmm. make once a month, and then we make a host of other uh, experimental things, uh, some of which are uh, variations on the theme of bourbon, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's really our our whole mantra, is a new riff on an old Kentucky theme, and some of that includes oatmeal bourbon with a portion of oats and, and roasted barley, or a caramel rye bourbon. Uh, there are so many amazing grains available now that you can play with, kind of like a home brewer, and uh, and so we do some of that too.
0: Um, earlier today, we were at uh, kind of like the blending room, I guess, um, and we had some of the new uh, new make rye, uh, 95%. It was actually 100% malted uh, rye. That was malted. Uh, had- that was really delicious. Uh, tell us Thank what you. your plans are with that. So you're selling that right now as as a new make.
2: Actually we don't sell the malted rye as a new make oh, okay. yet. Uh, we may sell it in, in small amounts. We sell our bourbon as a new make okay. and our rye whiskey as a new make and we sell it as, as a chance to give someone uh, a, a taste of it in its unaged form. We don't expect it to make, you know, great waves, and, and we don't expect to sell a lot of it. But it's something we put out there. Uh, the malted rye, like all our whiskeys, will age at least four years mm-hmm. in 53-gallon barrels, as you see here, uh, full size barrels only. Um, if it takes longer than that, it'll take longer than that. But uh, it's the stuff is tasting, uh, as I think you would agree from what we tried, on a good curve. It's, it's doing really well uh, yeah, right I now. Yeah. I, I taste our our juice now. It's 18 to 20 months old, Mm -hmm. and I think, we didn't mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be okay. Only three more years to go. Three more years to go. And uh, so uh, that's the plan for all those whiskeys. We will uh, hold a significant portion of our whiskey back, uh, at least a third uh, every year for older bottlings in the future. Who Who knows how old it will get. Okay. Um, the,
0: uh, tell us your thoughts on chill filtration. Uh, you seem to have very strong opinions on chill filtration. <laughs> we love hearing strong opinions. So chill tell, filtration. Yes.
2: I wrote an article about chill filtration, actually, for Malt Advocate, uh, mostly from the view of, of Scotch and, and non-chill filtration, but it certainly applies to bourbon, too. Um, you know, if you, if you start looking into some historical records, there are anecdotes from uh, old whiskey writers like Neil Gunn uh... in the nineteen thirties or david a in nineteen seventy that if you read between the lines you can see they were they were telling the difference even then between whiskey that was lower proof and filtered versus whiskey that was higher proof mm-hmm. and less filtered or unfiltered and uh... His, historically you can see it, it tasted better when it was unfiltered we certainly see that today um, i think i couldn't stand to take out some of the flavor aroma, the texture gets diminished in chill filtration, the color gets diminished. We've worked so hard to put all of that in the whiskey, yeah. and at the last moment we're going to take a portion of it out, so uh, chill filtration is, is not our, um, our claim to fame so much as it is a manifestation of our commitment to quality. Uh, we do not own a filtration device. We could not even chill the whiskey in order to run it through a filtration device if we had one. So uh, we are committed to non-chill filtrationism. It's our religion. And, and means- the communion is a mother, tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love it, love it. It also means you're, you're bottling at a higher proof as well.
2: We do. It, we, yes, it, which,
0: it, you know, we, I enjoy.
2: It forces us to bottle it a little higher proof. Yeah. Uh, the aged whiskey uh, that we bottle now, we have a, a now 10-year-old whiskey that was distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Uh, like a lot of other people we enjoy bottling a piece of, of that whiskey. Uh, for us it is a local whiskey mm-hmm. it was made right here in Greater Cincinnati. We're in Newport Kentucky there in Lawrenceburg Indiana just minutes away. Uh, but also for us it's a, a, a big brother a little bit of a local distillery and uh, we're proud to be very transparent about where it comes from. We bottle that typically at 97 proof and we think we can dilute it just a little bit to get it to 97 without chill filtering it. and in fact we, we do not have any problems so far with, uh, with haze quality on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: And the OKI okay brand in general is just very open. We talk a lot about craft whiskey and you know the kind of distillers that pass themselves off as craft and you're definitely full on open. You, you know exactly where it's being distilled, where it's being aged and where it's being bottled. Uh, it's very clear on the label. So you don't have, you don't have a master distiller at New Riff.
2: We do not have a master distiller at New Rift, no. Um, we we all aspire, a number of us, to be master distillers. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could be someday. We don't, any of us, think we deserve the title yet. We need to make more whiskey. We need to bottle some whiskey. And uh, really hew a little bit to what might have been called a master in the old sense of a European guild, yeah. where you you study under someone, you learn the forms, you make the, the product, and someday you make... Uh, a finished product and then maybe someday you make a really fine example a test almost yeah. and uh... we've we've we're we're hoping to pass a number of tests someday but but no we we have too much uh... respect for the masters that taught us mm-hmm. and for the for the uh... the honorific of the term to claim we are master distillers because we bottle a ten-year-old whiskey that someone else distilled.
0: So, um, so who is your, uh, who is your uh, mentor as far as? You
2: know, our, our number one mentor for sure was uh, Larry Ebersold, the master distiller for, for many years at Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'll recall, that is an ex-Seagram's distillery. And like all Seagram's uh, people, uh, they are technically brilliant. Uh, the master blender at Buffalo Trace, for example, Drew Mayville, ex-Seagrams. Uh, the, the, the skills at, at Four Roses are evident, Jim Rutledge and those guys, ex-Seagrams. So we were taught by Larry. He was our consultant. He helped yeah. us build the distillery, specked out, drew a lot of the plans, and, and there are pipes running around that distillery that do very important things for us, and we, we call that the Larry pipe. And it wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. Uh, Larry is um, We'll put it this way. Uh, our fellow whiskey writer Chuck Cowdery quoted Jim Rutledge one time as stating that Larry Eversold is the best master distiller alive. So we were taught by the best of the best in this format, in this column still sour mash, bourbon-making uh, tradition. And he is our, our sensei. Yeah. That's
0: great. <laughs> uh, you're a big gin fan as well, so you produce a gin.
2: Yes, we do produce a gin. Uh, there was never a question that we 'd make a gin here. We had no interest in making uh, unaged products like a vodka and uh, but, but we had never was a question that we would make a gin. I love gin. I was raised by a gin fanatic. We all love gin, and we think gin is a way to. Uh, to to learn some of the arts of uh, of distillation, but also to make a product that can be sold young that has got a lot of soul. And in fact, our gin, Kentucky Wild Gin, has uh, some local wild harvested botanicals. Literally, I have farmers climbing juniper trees, plucking out local juniper for us, and local spicebush berries that are endemic and and native to the Ohio Valley. So we've we've sought to capture a little bit of, of Kentucky and Ohio Valley flavor into our gin. And um, going
0: back to your whiskey, uh, your corn is also comes from a special place as well. You have a particular farm where you corn
1: right. from.
2: That's we, right. Um, we sought out a single farm in Indiana to provide us with non-GMO corn. Uh, and it, very importantly, it's cleaned. It's mm-hmm. rigorously cleaned. Uh, this uh, farmer was schooled in, uh, he actually supplies another large distillery, and he was schooled in uh... quality uh, testing and, and a certification and uh... cleaning of corn specifically for whiskey distillation this is wow beautiful corn yeah. uh... it's rigorously cleaned on two sieves that clean out all foreign matter and tested for moisture and uh... we get a genetic uh... testing every run that every delivery that that shows us in fact it is not genetically modified corn
0: nice nice um, and why is that important to you
2: uh, non-genetically modified well corn? W- we we wanted For one thing, we made the whiskey with an eye to, what if we want to export some to Europe someday, Mm -hmm. some of this whiskey? And some of them might say, well, what is it made with? They are more stringent on some of the regulations over there. Uh, It's not from any notion that non-GMO corn tastes better, unless you got into some kind of an heirloom, open-pollinated, 100-year-old corn. Now that might taste different, or maybe it would taste better. But uh, we just didn't want to participate in uh, genetically modifying uh, a grain in order to uh, douse it with chemicals and kill everything else around it and let the corn survive. So uh, just just wish not to be part of that industrial agriculture to the extent that we can.
0: Um, so lastly, um, um, lastly, I think the story of where you get the water from is very interesting. Right. Uh, so you have a
2: well on, on the premise. Mm-hmm. The very first thing we did when we decided with uh, our owner, Ken Lewis, to build a distillery was we went looking for a better source of water than the city of Newport. You can make perfectly good bourbon whiskey on a domestic water supply. The truth is many uh, of the large Kentucky distilleries run on a domestic water supply. You would treat that, take out chlorine and things like that, but you can make good good bourbon doing that. You simply need good water yeah. to make uh, to make good bourbon whiskey. It does not have to be from a limestone brook, burbling in the moonlight, tended by virgins. No, this, no, is the, no, no, the, no. this is the myth, yeah. and that's not the, the reality at all. So we needed good water, and we could have done it with the city of Newport's water. But uh, we wanted to find a better source than that, and we went looking and found an aquifer underneath our distillery, mm-hmm. about 100 feet down, gives us 500 gallons a minute of 58 degree, very clean hard water every day of the year and that goes into the bourbon and it makes makes very nice bourbon but it also massively changes the the energy footprint of the distillery we didn't need as much equipment we don't need as much energy to chill water which domestic water might rise to 70 75 80 degrees Uh, it allows us to run Mm year-round and uh, uh, saves us tremendously on our on our heating and cooling bill so uh, the well is is like it's like the axis yeah. that the whole distillery spins around uh, at the distillery building. We don't have any well here. This is just the warehouse. Yeah. Uh, but at the distillery, we are, are we were thrilled to find that well and, and to, that it would work for us.
0: Great. Excellent. Thank you, Jay. Cheers. You're welcome.
2: Thank you. Welcome, Mark. All right.
1: That was great, Mark. Well done. I'm glad you got to go to all those very interesting places and interview all those very interesting people without me. <laughs> <laughs> Not bitter <laughs> at all.
0: You sound a little bitter, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Sound a little bit. Sound a
1: little bitter. Uh Yeah. No. Oh. 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 I had to tell you something. So today yeah. I like logged on to Instagram at bourbon thing, um, mm-hmm. and Willet Distiller started following me. Terry.
0: Oh, Terry followed you. Terry you know, from
1: Willa followed me. Yeah.
0: I think Terry follows me as well now. <laughs>
1: Did you tell him about me? What's happening?
0: No, no, I I, I did not say anything. But but if you guys if you guys listen to the show back in September, we kind of made fun of Terry for a little bit because we we were jerks. We like Terry was there uh, loading up uh, barrels with whiskey and we walk up and the the person's like, hi, Terry. We're like,
1: hey, "Hey, Terry." Terry. And Terry just
0: like looked at us like, no. There will be no reaction. I'm not part of this tour.
1: He was just like, we thought we were hilarious. And he was like, you're not as funny as you think you are, all of you. You're less funny than you seem. Like, it's not that funny.
0: And to be fair, he was probably absolutely
1: right. He was absolutely (laughs) right. He was totally right. We're not that funny. Like, we're not as charming as we think we are, for sure.
0: (laughs) For sure. So this time around, Terry's still kind of a little gruff and edgy and standoffish, Hit. but he he's now more part of the tour. So uh, he, let, uh, he let a couple of people on the tour ha- hammer down the bongs, the dongs. What are they called again?
1: <laughs> the bong.
0: That bong. <laughs> it wasn't a dong and wasn't a bong. <laughs> I went two different directions. <laughs> Both, All three of these names sound completely ridiculous. Oh like this, They should have a better name for it the cork. That yes, n- <laughs> it is
1: the cork that goes into the barrel. That is called it's, a called
0: bong. A it's called the bung.
1: the <laughs> B U N G. It's called the Bung.
0: It's it's a terrible name. They need I mean to, it is I a terrible name, this. but
1: like you just went you just went off like I didn't know where you're gonna go with that.
0: <laughs> there was no way, I was just like, I don't remember. I don't remember. I just remember it's a very uncomfortable word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, yeah, so he. Was yeah, there. so
0: he he was there and he hammered and he talked to us a little bit. Nice. Um, and yeah, yeah and he so, follows
1: me on on Instagram, so I feel very like, I feel very special. Thanks, I, Terry.
0: Maybe maybe, uh, uh, maybe listen. Terry listens to the podcast. Oh, we've I know so
1: much trouble.
0: Don't listen to the September one Terry, don't do it.
2: <laughs>
1: Terry, we actually love you. We think you're great. And we would do anything yeah, do. for your job and we'd like to we'd like to work for you for the day. Actually, that would be a hilarious if we ever got into television. Putting yes. Mark and Jamie to work in the distillery, like or in the Rick House, would be worse because it's way more physical, like hammering those bungs <laughs> and like rolling those barrels. Can you imagine? It would be hilarious. It would be really it, it, funny.
0: <laughs> It would be so good. Um, Yeah, no one would would ever insure
1: us because it would. They'd be like, "What? So you've so you live in downtown Toronto? You've never worked with your hands a day in your life? Yeah, sure, sure. It's very smart for you to be around all those rolling, very very heavy barrels full of whiskey. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds sounds very safe."
0: Yeah, yeah, it would definitely not something we would be adjust- Like if you're if you've been into farming or something else, a little more physical, or or I don't know, make things with your hands. Um, I'm not in any of those roles. No, me neither. I would not know what to do with any of that. Nope. Um, yeah, Terry's great. I, yeah, that's funny. I think because I think he falls. Uh, he started following me on Instagram, and because uh, I even commented on some of um, <laughs> photos with Terry in them, and Terry's just like, no, you are still not you're funny. Still
1: not funny, Mark Fila. <laughs> still. Still not still funny. Not funny so fun oh man that's awesome that was great well uh i'm glad you got those interviews it was really awesome to uh hear what's going on and some of the new stuff and we talk a lot about you know the big guys and and what's going on there so it was really nice to get some sort of like firsthand, brand new up-and-coming kentucky whiskey experience so thanks for grabbing those uh interviews so that was yeah. fun and uh thanks everyone for listening yeah, I'll give a
0: quick shout out to Mint of Tours. They did a great job for us when oh, we went to uh, Keeneland's. Awesome. Um, this is not a sponsor read at all. Like they, we, just, we just hired them just to, to, because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's just an honest endorsement. They uh, they did really really great. They showed up with ice and sandwiches, and we drank on the bus there. We drank at Keelan's. We drank on the bus back. Oh I made my very very special um, whiskey where I took all the rest of bourbon that was left in the household, poured into like a giant four or five <laughs> liter jug, mixed it with some Red Bull Ew. and Diet Coke oh and and uh, and fresh freshly squeezed lime. I mean that doesn't Jamie. It doesn't help. It, that just no. sounds
1: foul. It just really, well, Mark. It sounds awful. I,
0: it, it was terrible. It was also very strong. I oh was a little god. like I was a little worried for the guys. And then uh, one of the guys, like, which, I, which I love this comment, is like, "Mark, this isn't so good." But I think I think a little bit of mint would have really oh elevated god. this drink. Oh
1: my god! Oh my god! I can just imagine you at the back of the bus, like just hammering away on like a bag of ice to make like crushed ice, like mint juleps. Oh my god! Oh
0: god, no! I was at the back of the bus, but there was absolutely no ice game on my part. No. I just we had a bad ice up front. That guys just kind of makes their own drinks
1: But like honestly, Mark, it. that sounds like the grossest drink. Like I, I wouldn't drink that. Like if you're like, here's a cup full of something, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not drinking that. No, thank you.
0: No. Well, it it t- it tasted like it tasted like um uh you know like a Ryan Coke that went wrong terribly somewhere along the yeah. Coke line, where it's just like, no, this isn't like you just put all the pop in one don't they just call
1: that swamp water isn't that what that just is it's like it's just like yeah yeah, it's like swamp like when you go to like when you go to 7-eleven and you just mix all the flavors of slurpee together and you call it swamp water it's like i feel like you did that but like a grown-up version of it but like it just sounds so awful it just when you texted me that i was like oh my god we drank it well i do not doubt that (laughs) for a second it didn't but i'm just yeah i i I don't know why you didn't just do like a matt jones kentucky iced tea you just fill up a a solo cup with ice and Hmm. pour some you know basil hayden over it and just sip on that
0: it, it was just mostly a uh, time-effort oh, problem gosh. where... Well, if you had time I, I, to squeeze
1: the limes, Mark... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the best part is we didn't even have a scoop, so one of oh, the guys yeah. took a plastic cup and and knifed it through the middle so that we could, like, pour faster. Because like, there's no way we had enough time to pour out, you know, oh, liters of gosh, alcohol. Gosh. So he's like, this is great. It takes a cup... We bust bust the hole through like i'm like oh man I wish I, I wish I had enough time to take a photo of this because right now I'm pouring like two balls of booze into a oh, red plastic cup that <laughs> had a hole at the bottom and it's it's going to this giant milk water cart oh my
1: god yeah good time. sounds wonderful and i'm sorry that i missed it and next time we'll make up for it
0: for sure absolutely thank you guys for Thanks listening, for listening guys Please remember to rate us on iTunes or on whatever podcasting app you use because yes. there's lots of them. Yes. And um, don't
1: forget, we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and facebook.com uh, slash The Whiskey Topic. Uh, Twitter is at The Whiskey Topic and at Mark Bylock and at Bourbon Thing. And it's the same for Instagram as well. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks, guys. <laughs> Cheers. It's